Welcome to Tablet Table Church Talk here with Pastor Peter. Today we're going to be talking about church hurt and, um, you know, the good stuff, the, you know, the things that people don't kind of want to talk about, about church. You know, uh, they think it's sometimes all, you know, once you accept Christ, everything is beautiful. Hence, hence the name Tabu Table. Cool. So let's I, I want to be clear that, that I did not choose this subject. I want to be clear, all right? Alfred chose, Blondie chose the subject. All right. How do you deal with hurt that comes from seeing a leader's weakness? or in church terms, nakedness. For those that don't know what nakedness is, it doesn't necessarily mean that you see your leader naked, uh, but you see their faults or you see um, them stumble, right? Uh, sexual morality. Um, maybe you see them having desires that are not quote unquote holy, right? Or um, somebody gossips about them to you. How do you overcome that? Well, first of all, um, I want to say that, that um, you, you know, God is real. And so this is what happens to the measure that you are intimate with God, you know, uh, to that measure, you will be able to withstand disappointment in a leader, you know, because your point of reference is going to be your relationship, your actual real-time experiential relationship with God. If you're having a real relationship with God, then you, it could be disappointing. It could still be disappointing, but it won't knock you off your access. It's not gonna um, deter you or, or, or quench your fire, so to speak. Um, I think that it's important to understand. I think it's important to understand when you have a leader or a pastor or a mentor, I think it's important to go into that relationship understanding that this person has flaws, this person is not perfect, um, you know, and, and God is perfect, and, and um, it is possible to receive the good. Now, I, I don't wanna go ahead of ourselves, but the maturity, part of maturity is being able to receive the good from that leader and not let the bad effect the good from those leaders, which is challenging. Mm -hmm. And and only when you're intimate with God um, can you be able to withstand that. Now, if you're when you're very young, usually we're not as intimate with God. Uh, we if you're very young, like a teenager, you usually have like an idealized view of leaders. Right. And and you know, and then that's when it could get difficult, you know, when you're looking at people like you're looking at your pastor or your, I don't know, what, you know, your pastor, your apostle, whatever, like their Iron Man, you know, so right. to speak, you know. Especially if you didn't have a father figure or you didn't have someone at home to give you that attention. Right, right. Exactly. And then when you have a father at home that you have a good relationship with, you, you'll see flaws in your father. And then, but then that, that does not negate the awesome times you have with your father, right? You know, and I think that that does help you be healthy. I think you are right about that. Um, I think that, um, you know, also keep your eyes upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. And I know that sometimes that's easier said than done, but it's a reality. We have to understand scripture is reality. It's, right. it's life. And I think that, um, you know, when you're young and you idealize these leaders and it, they almost become like an ark of the covenant for you, mm. where you want to like experience the presence of God through them. And I think if you're deeply hurt, that already is a sign that you put them on a pedestal or you put them too high up and, and 
you also gave them too much importance, you know. You put them where uh, in, the, in the place God needs to be. In the place God needs to be, yeah. Um, which that leads into kind of uh, the next question, which is how do you deal with hurt that comes from seeing corruption in a church or a leader, right? Um, I'm gonna give you some examples. So someone um, maybe getting promoted that's not living right. Maybe they, um, you know, um, the church isn't supposed to be like the world, right? So when you when you come to God, you feel like, you know, wow, this is this is different. The Bible promotes people a different way than how the world does, right? We do things based on character and fruit. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes that's not always the case. Sometimes you feel and you see or you experience that people get promoted just because they lie or they, uh, they're more charismatic than you, right? Or they, mm -hmm. they fit a certain mold that you don't fit. Mm -hmm. um, maybe um, you see, maybe you feel like the church you're in, it's like a pyramid scheme, right? Or you feel like, man, you have to do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And that's not even biblical, mm -hmm. right? Uh, a person could easily have, let's say, um, they, they can have money or they can have some sort of influence and they get promoted and you don't, right? Mm -hmm. And you're trying, you're spending time with God, you're going after God, you're, you're doing, you're fasting, you're doing the right thing and you're not seeing, uh, you're not feeling like you're uh, progressing, mm -hmm. right? In the ministry. Mm -hmm. um, or another, or there's another example. If you give money, right? And you feel like, man, if, if I'm a tither and a giver, I'm going to get somewhere, right? Like, and you see that people do that. And it's like, kind of, I give you this and you give me that. Like, I, I scratch your back, you scratch my back. What, mm -hmm. what, how, how can someone be healed from that? Well, first of all, I would say if you are that person or whoever is that person that is doing the right thing while other people are not. First of all, let me start by saying, uh, let's surrender that to God. Um, when you say someone is corrupt, that's a very strong word in the church. Um, you know, you can't jump to conclusions. We can't say people are corrupt just because we don't like things that they said or did, or just because we don't agree with things that we, you know, or maybe we saw some nakedness or some flaws. That doesn't mean they're corrupt. You know, you could do something out of weakness and not corruption. Corruption is when you are living in unrepented sin and you have somehow or way, shape, or form been confronted in that sin and you still don't want to repent. You know, that's corruption, right? Now, if that is proven somehow, right, which, you know, the Bible says you gotta, you gotta, you know, confront the person and then bring a witness. And if that is proven, then that this person is corrupt, right? Or maybe if they're a leader high up and you, for whatever reason, based on what you're saying, you can't approach them or whatever. Um, you know, what, what, what I would say is number one, you are in a place of opportunity to get the real thing. If you manipulated your way to a position, yeah. you're gonna have to sustain it. You know, and, 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 and even though maybe, you know, so because the Bible says, you know, God opens a door no man can close, and he closes a door no man can open. So you're in, uh, you're in a place of opportunity to be able to walk in that. You're in a place of opportunity to be able to walk in the fullness of God and have God back you up for real. You're, you're in a place to, to remember that Apostle Paul actually considered his natural abilities and his natural uh, charisma and his natural accomplishments to be able to get himself to a place of success as a waste. Wow. Because he recognized that those abilities, is when, he, when he would use them, they would actually hinder him or keep him from the supernatural or from God doing it with his signature. You know what I mean? And, 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 and that he was like, I want 
the Lord signature. Right. I don't want my own ability. So if somebody got themselves into a position via corruption, via, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, offerings, via whatever the case is, uh, charisma, whatever, gifting, they're going to have to sustain it, and it's not going to be as, as marked. Now, God is gracious, and he uses us all, but, you know, for his sake and the sake of the people, but it's not going to be the same thing. Remember, the Bible says that Jesus was given the name above all names because he went lower than any man had ever gone. If injustices were not done to Jesus without him doing something back, wow. if injustices were not done to Jesus without him defending himself, the Father could have never given him the name above all names. If he would have defended himself, the Father would have not been able to give him the name that is all above all names. So if you're going through injustices, if people are doing things that are unjust or you're going through unjust treatment, you are in a position for God to exalt you in due season. And when he does it, it gets done dead. When God does it, man cannot undo it because it's God's doing, you know? Um, and so I would say rejoice, you know, like rejoice, right? The Bible says that rejoice when you go through all kinds of fiery trials, right. knowing that trials produce patience. Right. Rejoice, even though if people are running, the Bible says the race is not given to the swift, but to wow. him who endures to the end right uh this race is about we're racing towards the character of christ not towards a fiery position of influence not towards a pulpit not towards a stage not towards a, an auditorium an arena no we are running towards the race is running towards the character of christ that is our goal to be christ-like not to you know, fill stadiums. Now, if you're filling, if God uses you to fill stadiums with, with souls, that is powerful. But I hope that your character is prepared for that because if not, you, you think that your character is ready for it and it might not be. So I would just say what happens also when people manipulate their way to position is that they are skipping process. Not man's process, God's process. God's process zeroes in on the things that, that would hinder him from being able to move through us. God's process, zero in on the things that would destroy us and destroy his calling in us. You know what I mean? That's God's process. God's pro process kills our ego. You know what I mean? He'll never crush our spirit, but he'll, he'll crush our will. You know, he'll break our will. You know what I mean? That's God's process. So when people are getting themselves there by relationships, by offerings, by machinations, by manufacturing things, when they get themselves there, they're skipping the process and they're not gonna have the character to sustain them. And sometimes years pass and, 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 and when you're older, it's harder to go back to square one. So it's better to be patient. So again, if you're in this position, you are in an awesome position, rejoice. The Bible says, um, do not grow weary in doing good for in due season you will reap if you do not lose heart. Galatians chapter six. That's good, that's good. How do you deal with hurt that comes from being false, falsely accused by church leadership or church leaders? Right. For example, being called super spiritual, hyper spiritual, right? right? Yeah. Um, God needs to speak to a leader first. You can't hear from God. Like, um, who are you now? You think you're a prophet? Like, why are you prophesying to people? Like, that's not, God speaks to me first, right? Yeah. Um, or things like that. So mm -hmm. how, how, Get into that a little bit. Well, first of all, there is a way to do things in an orderly fashion, right? There is a way to do things, right? Even the Bible says where it says, 
uh, all can prophesy in First Corinthians. Right. He says all can prophesy one by one, and the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. You know, you can all prophesy one by one. You know, but there's there's a structure. It's one by one. Right. You know, and 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 there needs to be you know accountability. So, um, I, I, there is a structure. Now, I would say that if you know that you are doing something that is the will of God, if you if you feel that that God is really leading you to do this. Um, if you know that you know that it's God, then God will defend you. You know, like 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 I often say, um, the 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 fruit will reveal the root. The fruit is going to show where it came from, if it was God or it wasn't. You know what I mean? Eventually, but um, if if you're not sure it's God, then you should submit to leadership. But if you feel that that is God, then and and, and it's the same thing. People are going to falsely accuse you. You know the Bible. What the Bible says? It says rejoice. Similar to what we just said, it says rejoice when they when they persecute you and they and they and they and they um and they say all kinds of evil things about you for my name's sake. For great is your reward in heaven. You know, rejoice. Yeah. So whenever they lie about you, kaching. Right. You know what I'm saying? They just increase your reward. So rejoice. Also, also, um, you know, I think I think it goes on to say, for it places you in the company of such you know, such men as you know, like like prophet. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. Can you, can you quote the scripture again? Or it says, re, "Yeah, rejoice, um, rejoice when 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 they persecute you and say all kinds of evil things about you." And then this also, um, there's a great example, especially in the Christian world, is um, the following. You know, the followers. Uh, Christians calling others Jezebels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or things like that. There's also Jezebros. Jezebros yeah. too. Don't 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 yeah, yeah, twist yeah. it. Yeah. But um, I think it's it's Matthew five eleven, if I'm not mistaken. Although I'm going there now, Matthew five eleven. Please excuse us for a brief interview. <laughs> um, five eleven. Yeah. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know what I would say? If they're falsely accusing you, you are in the company of great men you're not worthy of. Come on, say that again. Say that. That's if, if they persecute you falsely. Now, if they're saying the truth, that's <laughs> they, I don't know. If they're saying the truth, you know what I'm saying? Like they're saying that you you you're a vandal and, and you actually did break the window. Then I don't know. Right. But if 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 they're saying something false and they're damaging your reputation and they're coming against your reputation then you are in the company of great men you're not worthy of. It's an honor. That's Welcome good. to the club. That's good. It's an honor. Wow, that's good. How do you deal with hurt that comes from church leaders abusing their authority? Um, and, and, and there's a lot of examples for this, uh, but a lot of people get hurt because leaders control their choices in life, right? Or they manipulate the word of God. Um, in, in such a way where it's like you're wrong and I'm right, or in in you know worst cases, and they divide a family. You know they don't allow you to speak to a certain family member. You know how do you how do you get healed from that? How do you go about that? Well, first of all, like if it's that extreme, because those are extreme cases, right? Right. If it's that extreme, you have to know the will of God. Once you know the will of God, um, it doesn't matter what. Uh, what title someone has in a position of authority. Um, once they are not, uh, they're, they're abusing their authority, they're outside of their authority. 
So if someone is telling you to not talk to your sister, I know you don't have a sister, but for example, not talk to your sister, and I'm a pastor and I'm saying, I don't want you talking to your sister. Um, that's not, there's no biblical grounds for that. And um, if, you know, that's not something that you have to obey. Similar to Jesus disobeying his parents, right? His parents were looking for him for three days. They were walking for three days. And, you know, you know, those are Hispanic parents. You would have gotten a whooping of life in public. Huh. You know what I mean? No argument that you could say, you know, what I mean? whatever help, you know? Mm -hmm. But, you know, so like... Jesus might have not made it to the cross. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> if they want to take it, you want a cross? I would probably <laughs> right now. Right. But, um, yeah, so, you know, what, what happened is that he rebuked them. He said, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? Right. You know what I mean? And yet he was 12 years old. Therefore, he needed to be under authority. He wasn't even 13. He didn't even have his bar mitzvah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if they had those back then, but you didn't even have his bar mitzvah. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't even 13. That's great. You know what I mean? Like, he was 12 years old. So he needed to be under submission. But yet, that wasn't sin. Had he sinned, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to save us. So, so yet, because he knew his parents in that moment were out of their authority. So even though they are his authorities, they were out of their authority. So when it comes to those things, you need to know the will of God. Man, and even, that's crazy, because even him correcting them or, or speaking to them that way wasn't sin. Right. Because he was in, in line with what God was doing at that moment. Right. I wanted him to do. Remember, David's older brothers, they said, who's tending the sheep when he came to fight right. Goliath? Right. Right. Who's tending the sheep? Like, in other words, you should be sheep tending. Wow. And then he said, is there not a cause? In other words, isn't there a reason for me to be here? You know, he didn't disrespect them. He was like saying, but there's a reason for me to be here. I'm not just going to go back and tend the sheep because they were his older brothers. Right. You know, and then the king said, you can't do this. And then he said, and then, and then, and then David said, God, give me the lion, God, give me the bear, you also give me the uncircumcised Philistine. So he didn't disrespect him, but he didn't submit to them because he knew what the will of God was in that moment. So now, if you're not sure what the will of God is, you need to submit to your leadership, right? When you're, if you're not sure what the will of God is, submit to your leadership. And God will honor your humility, and he will honor your submission. But you're talking about abuse. So if you're talking about that, that's what I would say. Now, how to get over it, how to heal from it. Well, one of the, one of the ways, I mean, I think that this is a very, like, sophisticated thing you're bringing up. Yeah. Um, one of the, the ways is, is, you know, like, we are as hurt by someone to the level of importance we give them. You know, we are hurt by someone to the level of importance we give them. So if, if... There's, there's a, a, a place in our hearts that belongs to God, you know? And so if um, you give your, which is why the Bible says, woe to the man that trusts in men. Because why? Because men are going to fail you. And if you place your trust in them, that means you, play, you, you gave them your heart in a sense. And then your heart is going to be broken. Mm. And woe also means cursed. So cursed is the man that trusts in men. Wow. So if you're, if, if, you know, you, if you're getting too hurt, by what a man of God does or doesn't, does not do, you're giving them too much importance. And I don't mean in the sense of respect because there is respect and there is honor. Right. But, but when we, the, the, the times that we get truly offended, when we get truly hurt, when we really get really right. hurt, right? When we get really hurt and we get really offended is when it affects our self-esteem, when it affects our, 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 our inner sense of worth or value. Like, I remember, you know, when I was in middle school or high school and I would get, you know, hurt by a girl, you know what I mean? She would diss me for whatever reason. And then I would feel hurt, you know, like a lot of us in elementary school, middle school, early high school, and you would get hurt. And then the reason why it hurt so bad, it wasn't that, it, that she, she wasn't interested in you or whatever. It's because it made you think, man, what's the matter with me? Like, right. maybe I'm not like other guys. I suck. 
I'm not the, you know, this and that. It's the effect that it has on your sense of value. So if, if, if you're deeply hurt by a man or a woman of God, by what they said or what they didn't say or what they, you know, or the abuse that they did, or if there's a deep, deep hurt, I would say you gave them too much importance, you know, as far as you let them into your holiest of holies. You let them into your personal most holy place. And the most holy place is just that, the most holy place. It only belongs to God. You know what I mean? And sometimes when people are so deeply hurt that they just can't get over it, they can't get over what certain leaders did, they can't get over, you gave them way too much importance. So I would say, number one, you're going to have to forgive them, but also forgive yourself for giving them a place of importance that doesn't belong to them. Right. They, they didn't give you their calling. Even if they tell you, I give you the calling. Even if they tell you the reason you have, you're able to do that is because of me. No man can give anybody their calling. Callings come from God and God alone. Now, what a man or a woman is used by God to do, right? The Bible says God lists someone to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the equipping and the edification of the saints. What a leader is supposed to do in the body of Christ is empower you, teach you, instruct you, guide you, and equip you for you to fulfill your calling. But they don't give you a calling. They just equip you in that calling that God predestined for you. You know, so um, I think that when we get too hurt, we give them too much importance and we need to forgive ourselves. We need to forgive them. Um, we need to understand they're human. And here's another thing that is important as well, is that um, Jesus is the master. Jesus is the, well, he is the master, right? You just say amen to that. Jesus is the master of compartmentalizing. What do I mean by that? Jesus is the master See, Jesus, um, he, 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 if he looked at our flaws to consider our case altogether, we wouldn't be able to enjoy his presence and his love the way we do. Because if he were like us, what am I saying? The Bible says, if you're able to wow. take the good out of the evil, you will be just as my mouth. Wow. Right? If you're able to take the good out of the evil, right? Uh, the New King James says the vile, but it's another word for evil. If you're able to take the good out of the vile, you will be like my mouth. Mm. And what does he mean, you will be like my mouth? What does that mean? The Bible says, from the mouth, the abundance of the heart speaks. So, so if you are able to take the good wow. from the evil, you will have my heart. That's and because you have my heart, I can use your mouth. Wow. So what is it saying there? The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. But when David is dying, God reminds David, because of what you did with Uriah's wife, the, the sword, meaning violence, is never going to leave your bloodline. But wait a second. There was a huge blessing in David's bloodline because he told David, I'm going to give you the throne that never ends. I'm going to give you the throne that never ends, which means Jesus was going to come through his bloodline. Right? So he, he won that in the spirit. He also was a man after God's own heart. But he also had a curse in the same bloodline. That's great. But when God says he's a man after my own heart, he doesn't mention the curse. God is able to see everything and understand that one, listen to me, one does not disqualify the other. And this is our problem when we're immature. We see a flaw and a weakness in a man of God. We see a flaw and a weakness in a woman of God. And, and, and we often think that that flaw, that weakness disqualifies that it disqualifies the good that God used them to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Appreciate the good that God used them right. to do.
You know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of leaders in my life that added big time to my calling, you know, and a part of, of my calling and part of where I am today. And the same with you. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate the good. And if there was bad, then we leave that between them and God. But we appreciate the good. And, and as they say, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But that's maturity. Maturity is, is understanding, like, like, let, like, let's say a parent. Let's say a parent, you, you see a flaw in your parent. Or let's say a, a bad case scenario, your father cheated on your mom or your mom cheated on your dad. But does that mean that all the beautiful moments you have with your father, all the beautiful moments you have with your mom are unimportant now, or now they're contaminated, or now they're destroyed? No, maturity is still being able to rejoice over the good and receive the good, and, but, but not being ignorant or naive to what is bad and to what is corrupt. Now, to what is bad and what is corrupt, I, I remember there was a time where I used to struggle with that, honestly speaking, where I, I would just be like, man, like, how could like, corruption in the name of Jesus continue to exist? How could corruption, like straight up hardcore corruption in the name of Jesus continue to exist? But you know what? One of the verses that God showed me to speak to me about this is when Michael whooped Lucifer, because at that time he was Lucifer, I don't call that him anymore, he's Satan. You know what I mean? But at that time, he was still he was yeah. still Lucy. And so what happens is when Michael whooped Lucy, he had him under his, his foot, and then he said, the Lord rebuke you. And then and then instead of finishing him off, which I don't know what that looks like because they can't kill each other, making, maybe imprisoning him or whatever, you know, finish, or throwing him in the abyss, I don't know, because he, he could have yeah. whooped him. He said, the Lord rebuke you, right? And then, and, then, and then the Bible says, and Michael did not come back saying all kinds of evil about him. The Bible says, and Michael did not come back saying all kinds of evil about him, which is like, what? In other words, well, what does that mean? In other words, Michael trusted the father so much that he was like, the father knows what to do with you. I don't. I don't know what to do with you. The father knows. So Michael had him under his foot, but Michael let him go. So when it comes to those corrupt leaders, we have to let them go. Right. And we have to let the Lord rebuke them. If, if, the, if they don't want to repent, that's between them and God, but we pray that God, they do. God's rebuke will always be greater than what you can do in your own strength. Right. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. But ultimately, that's not what we want. We right. want God to have mercy because the greatest thing that could happen, you know, you know, look, if someone is truly corrupt, but they repent and God opens their eyes, you've won a brother. Yeah. yeah. You won a brother, you know? But I do believe that corruption is a serious thing. Um, I, I am not one that believes that we could be in unity with people in corruption. I believe that we could be at peace with people in corruption. I believe that we are called to be at peace. We are called to be, you know, blessed are the makers of peace, for they shall be called sons of God. But the Bible says, how can two walk together if they are not in agreement? So I don't, I don't, if someone doesn't want to repent of corruption, it's difficult to be in unity with them, but we need to be at peace with them. And, and if we're hurt, forgive them, forgive yourself, understand God is still on his throne and the only kingdom that has never been able to be shaken is the kingdom of and God. for those that are watching like what what does what does that peace look like uh does it does it mean asking some crazy questions does it mean no because I, I have that question does it mean um not bringing anything up ever again does it mean um now you you know you're all on social media like yo this guy's a crazy you know like uh, what is that? How does that look? Being at oh, you mean now? Now you're promoting them? You're saying yeah, like like like. What does that piece look like at that point? Um, I think 
you know, I think it's going to be different for everyone, but I think- And every case is different, obviously. Yeah, every case is different, but I do think that being at peace with someone means that you could hang out with them, you know, you could have lunch with them, you could have coffee with them, you know, you could be, you know, have a conversation with them. Um, I think you could hang out with them. I think, you know, things like that, you're at peace with them, but it doesn't mean you're going to trust them with personal matters or trust them with intimate things because God loves everyone, but doesn't trust everyone the same because um, someone that isn't tested, faith that isn't tested or character that isn't tested can't be trusted. So I think that the Bible does, does say be as wise as a serpent, but as kind as a dove, you know, and that's a difficult balance. And that, that, that is a balance that took me years to get to. I have to be honest, because when you're, when you're, when you're born again, dude, when you're really, really yeah. radically born again, you don't want to think evil of anyone. You don't want to think yeah. evil of anything. You do, you just don't. You don't. You know what I mean? Like you like. I remember that a lot of times. Like I, like I would feel like if if I'm if I'm being um as 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 wise as a serpent, then I'm gonna end up with the poison of the serpent. Uh, that that in order to be as kind as a dove, I have to think like the dove and just just be. Right. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So, but you know, it's it's a crazy balance. It's it's, it's a hard. Crazy, it's, it's, it's maturity crazy balance. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. It's the ability to see the good and understand. Yeah, understand the evil doesn't wipe out the good. Right. Which is not easy to understand. You know. So you know. Um. And 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 so peace. I think, man, is is you're not bitter. You're not a, you're not you're not trying to get. You know. You're. You want what's best for them. You're just, you want what's best for them. You, you, you know what I mean? You're not upset. You're not hurt by them. You know, you're not, you're not hurt by the sound of their name or, or you know what I mean? Right. Or whatever, you know, and, and, and real forgiveness is not just, oh, I forgive them. No, real forgiveness is actually an act of love. It's like, it's like the desire to let someone go from that. Right. You know, and, and that's, that's where there's peace. But, but promoting them is now condoning them. So right. now, if you agree with their doctrine, then that goes into whether you're going to promote them or not. You know what I mean? Um, but I don't think being at peace necessarily means that you become that person's hype man or that you promote them or that, you know what I mean? Because that's partnering. That's partnering, you know? And that, to me, has to do... You know, the Bible says in the book of Acts, the, the 120 were in one accord. Mm. They were in one accord, meaning that they were completely in agreement. That's they were completely in agreement. They agreed. You know what I mean? So um, that's you know that, that that that's my view on that. Um, let's let's flip the roles, right? Yeah. Like since you are a pastor, I'm sure you've how long, how long have you pastored for? Um, well, unofficially, I would say since 2012, maybe 2011, 12 around mm -hmm. there. Um, and I, I began working uh, in the church as an evangelist 2012, and maybe 2000. 13, 14, officially full time, and uh, and then I got ordained. So, so you you you've had some experiences where, um, obviously, you know, you pastoring since then, where you've you've been um, accused of hurting people, right? Sure. Like, yeah. I mean, you as you as a leader, you're basically, uh, you know, you're you're a target, right? Like right. anything you do, will, people will criticize. Anything you don't do. They'll criticize, so it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. one of those things that's gonna happen, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. you being in that place, um, how do you go about people that say they're hurt because mm -hmm. of things you did? Mm -hmm. um, the times, let's talk about the times they were right, mm -hmm. right? How do you, how did you go about that? 
and biblically, how should leaders, because I know there's leaders that are listening through the podcast or maybe, you know, looking, how should they go about it? Well, first of all, I want to say that I don't, I don't necessarily always know when I was right, when I was wrong, you know, in every case. Um, but I, I will say when I have known that I was wrong, what I would do is approach the person and apologize. Now, sometimes I believed, you know, that I was right about what I said, but I was wrong in how I corrected it. I spoke in too strong of a tone. Um, you know, I spoke too harshly and I apologize. And I apologize to 13, 14 year olds because I had a little over the, uh, 200 people under my, my pastoralship or leadership, however you want to say it. And, um, and some, some of which were, were young, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, I think you were like 14 when you started, you yeah. know, and um, with me. So, yeah, you know, I, I, there's times where I would apologize to people that were 14, 15, because, I, you know, um, we all have the same value. And it's very important that they know that they have the same value that I have. And actually, the Bible says esteem others greater than, greater than yourself is actually what the Bible says. So I would apologize to that then. Um, now, if what I said as well was wrong, or they're like, look, I just don't agree, then we could agree to disagree. And, you know, and, and um, now there's other cases, excuse me, where people said um, I wasn't there for them enough. Some of those cases, I believe, have some legitimacy. Some of those cases, I think that, that the fact that they wanted me there so much is an indication that they needed to focus more on Jesus. Um, because we as leaders are guides, we're guides, you know, we're, we're stewards, right? We're guides, we're, we're overseers, but we're not, you know, we're not we're, God. yeah, we're not, we're not Jesus. You know, we can't fill somebody's emptiness, you know? Um, so in some cases, that was the case. Some people said that, you know, they, they needed more, uh, time with me. Um, and, in some cases there was some legitimacy, some cases I, I, you know, I feel, they they had access to me they just needed to actually be more intimate with jesus you know um with god and uh there's other cases where you know some may say you know some said i think there was one case one or two cases where um someone felt i shared something secretive of theirs you know that was right. secret and i apologize for that um so i think the, the right way is to humble yourself we're gonna make mistakes as leaders um and 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 just you know try to show someone let someone know man that they have value you know we're in this for people we're in this for people this is about god and people and you know and if and if and if you can't understand someone's value then you know or be patient with that then you know this is like the wrong practice for you you know right but yeah i've been accused of those things as well um and then this this leads into like also um when you as a leader you see potential in someone yeah. Right. And you want the best for them. Yeah, sure. And and then they take it like they get hurt because of the way, you know, or you see, hey, trouble is coming. Yeah. You need to be careful. Mm -hmm. How do you go about that? How do you find a balance where you obviously you don't want to hurt them, mm -hmm. but you want the best for them? Right. Where, where do you just lean on? Hey, I see what's coming. I'm going to push you out the way. Mm -hmm. Or do you lean more towards, hey, I'm just going to give you the option and where do you that's a good analogy how do you think god yeah, like, wants analogy. leaders to handle that yeah I, yeah i don't think that you're supposed to push them out the way but i think that you're supposed to you know descriptively uh explain to them why they need to get out of the way but you have to let them choose 
I think what happens as a leader, there's always the temptation, especially when you really love someone and, and you see they have a lot of potential to, to, there's a temptation to micromanage the outcome. You know, I think all leaders have a temptation, you know, sometimes, right, to micromanage an outcome, to want them to respond a certain way. But um, the thing is that we have to be able to allow people to choose. Now, we do need to tell them, though, because the Bible says open rebuke is better than love carefully hidden. So people say, oh, because I love them, I don't tell them. That's not biblical. Right. Oh, I love them. I don't want to hurt them. So I don't say anything. The Bible says open rebuke is better than love carefully hidden. You know, um, so I think that if you, the Bible says the wounds of a friend are faithful. The wounds of a friend are faithful. So not even speaking about a leader, a friend, a brother in Christ should be able to wound their brother with love, with the truth, to be able to spare them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So to correct them. Right. We, you know, like someone that loves you is going to tell you the truth. Yeah. Because why? Someone that doesn't love you is not willing to have their reputation or the benefits they can get from you be endangered by you disapproving of them. Someone that loves you is willing to sacrifice whatever benefit they can get from you or you liking them or thinking favorably right. of them for your sake. Right. You can be offended with me for, for your sake. When someone loves you, you know, which is why the Bible says, with flattering words, an enemy destroys you. Wow. But the word of God, you know, as a leader, that's a very difficult thing because yeah. the word of God is you, you choose what you receive and what you don't. I mean, right? Jesus said that those that have ears to hear, hear. I mean, it's a choice. You know, you choose what you're going to obey, and that's something we can't manipulate, even though sometimes it's painful. Because, you know, you as a leader, man, we want to see people grow. I mean, Apostle Paul said, you should be teachers of the word and you're still drinking milk. He was frustrated. Jesus said, how long must I be with you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and especially, we, especially a specific topic in the culture we're in, yeah. where um, if, it, it kind of feels like everyone gets hurt about everything, mm -hmm. right? So um, where should a pastor, like, should a pastor go to a certain length to not try to hurt people should where should the balance be like what should it be like if god tells you to and if god doesn't tells you if god doesn't tell you to tell this person something all well like where is the balance to you as you you being a leader like mm -hmm. i'm sure you don't sometimes want to hurt people but yeah standing in authority is always going to offend somebody uh, I think it was Albert Einstein that said, maybe you can Google that, I don't know. You know, uh, we've been uh, doing a little Googling. Yeah. Um, uh, in order to deal with my contempt with authority, fate made me one. Albert Einstein said that. I, I believe he said, fate or destiny, I don't know, maybe you can look it up. In order to deal with my contempt for authority, um, fate made me one. In other words, when he became, an, he didn't like authority. What is it? Yeah, it's even, it's, it's a little bit like more uh, rigid. So punish me for my contempt of authority. Fate has made me an authority myself. That's Albert Einstein. Wow, that was pretty close. Yes. Um, so fate has made me an authority myself to punish me, right, with my, for my contempt for authority. Okay, so what happens is authority is very difficult to understand. Authority is, is, is I think one of the things that fascinates me so much about David is not just his love for God, it's how he understood authority more than a lot of us in the modern church after Christ died and resurrected understand authority today. 
he understood authority at 17 years old in a, in, in such a profound revelatory manner mm -hmm. like he he knew how to manage it because he understood it in self authority he understood authority and took it to the top um and so i think that uh authority is difficult to understand and what happens is standing in authority is always going to offend someone jesus did not speak like a politician Jesus did not, uh, 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 you know, like, like overly, like wow. you, you know. Say that again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesus did not speak like a politician. It's crazy. He didn't overly, like, you know, like euphemize, his, you know, his words. Um, he didn't um, overly, you know, like, like put sugar in his words. He told the Pharisees, you guys are like tombs. You guys are like tombs. <laughs> you're smooth on the outside, but you're rotten inside. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, he, he, you know, he said hypocrites, you know, he said all kinds of, you know, um, um, you know, he told uh, Peter, um, if you do not let me do this, you have no part with him. He told Peter, Peter asked where John is going. He goes, what does it matter to you for this forever? Those are harsh words. You know what I mean? Uh, so um, his, but his rebuke was love. He is love. He's the, he's the visible manifestation of the invisible God. Yeah. The thing is that, you know, uh, like, I think sometimes we don't understand God. We don't understand the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that his love, he's not Zen. Love of God. He's don't not worry. Zen. He's not Zen right. Buddhism. Zen is to empty yourself he's of not desire. Yeah, yeah, his, he's not a hippie. His, 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 um, he didn't empty himself of desire. He desired so much that he focused his, his desire to the point that it was a laser beam focus. You know, he focused his desire and put his desire on a cross for us, he, he, you know, he overflowed with desire. He overflows with desire. Those that believe my word, you know, will be like a, a, a living water shall flow from their belly. Those that believe my word, living water shall flow from their belly. You know, he's an overwhelming, overflowing fire and love. He is a consuming fire. So he's not Zen Buddhism, or he's not this, 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 this Eastern philosophy, uh, a, a type of love that you can live how any, uh, whatever lifestyle you want to live and just have perpetual acceptance nonstop. You know what I'm saying? This perpetual, all you got to do is like do yoga two times a week and say namaste. You know what I'm saying? And live however you want. That is not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob gave you free will, but he knows the power of free will. And he knows that free will is more powerful than wow. you think that it is. And free will can end you up in hell. And he will respect your free will to that point. So he's compelling you, rebuking you, correcting you, so that you will choose what is to do what is right with your free will and live forever like he predestined you to do. He's a, he's a jealous God, but his jealousy doesn't mean he's over-possessive. It means what happens to you happens to him. Wow. That's what that means. He is a jealous God. What does that mean? It means what happens to you happens to him. This is why when he came to, to Apostle Paul, who was then Saul, he didn't say, why do you persecute my church? He said, why do you persecute me? When you wow. touch my church, you touch me. That's great. That is how, you know what I mean? His love is a passionate love. It's an awesome love. You know what I mean? Like it's an incredible love. It's the love we're all looking for. We're not looking for, when we want to fall in love, we're not looking for a nice and neat fold-up love that you put on a shelf. We want a crazy love, a passionate love, a love that is willing to sacrifice. That's what we want. Come on, we're passionate. We're meant to be passionate. You know, we don't want this little love that's like, a, like an origami yeah. and, you know, and, yeah. and very cute and then we fold it up and put it on a shelf. And No, 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 we want a passionate love. You, you know what I mean? So this is who God is. He's a lover and we are the lovesick bride. You know, but we're supposed to be the love sick bride, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think that those are things that, that, that we need to understand, you know. Why don't, um, 
I know there's people that are probably listening or watching. Yeah. They probably, they're going through this or they're, 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 they're probably in a position where they need healing. Yeah, sure. Um, let's pray for them. Let's, let's mind praying for that. Yeah, and, and, and I just want to say this, you know, that if you're watching and you need healing or you're listening and you need healing, you know, um, first of all, I want to say it's okay. I want to say it's okay to be heard. It's okay. Um, it, it's, it's okay that you're affected, but it's not okay to stay there. It's not okay to stay there. And, and, and if there's people that there are people that hurt you and you still feel hurt by these people, then you have to allow God to bring you to the place where he, he helps you understand that you are so valuable that, that it hurts him that you're affected by the mere op opinions of others. You are so valuable. You need a revelation of your value. You need a revelation of your value so that people's opinions don't affect you anymore. Um, and, and just understand that you are so you're, you're priceless to God. And you are his treasure. You are, if you were the only person that Jesus would, would, would have died for, he would have come and he would have died for you. So if you're hurt, you've been hurt by a leader, you've been hurt by someone that maybe you saw weaknesses you didn't expect. Maybe, you know, I don't know, you know, maybe you, it, you're overwhelmed or maybe, you know, they said things to you that you didn't expect or whatever the case is, understand that God is still real and understand that the good that God used him to do is still beautiful and, and, and God still has awesome things for you, you know, and, and, you know, God is going to, is going to use that for his glory. Either way, God is in control. He's sovereign. He's good. So let's pray. Let's pray that, um, you know, that, that father in Jesus name, we just pray for all those listening and watching my God that have been hurt, that have been affected, that have, that feel like their trust was betrayed, um, that feel, you know, overwhelmed, my God, that feel uh, betrayed, that feel backstabbed, that whatever the case is, Lord, we just pray, my God, that, that you would give them a grace to, to forgive, my God, I pray that they would feel your love, that they would encounter your love, that they would experience your love, my God, that your love would be more than enough, that your love would overwhelm them, your love, my God, would heal them, your love would strengthen them, that they would see in my they would see who they are in the mirror of your love my god like your word says beholding him as if looking in a mirror we are being transformed my god in jesus name let them see who they are give everybody that is listening everybody that is watching a personal revelation of how much you love them a personal revelation of their value in your eyes let them have an encounter with you let them understand my god that lord that they are irreplaceable they are utterly irreplaceable my god in jesus mighty name my God, heal those wounds, those scars. My God, your word says you take out the heart of stone and give us, give us a heart of flesh. My God, we pray that you would do that, Lord. Heal those wounds and give them the grace to forgive and no longer be affected by opinions that have nothing to do with their true value. In Christ Jesus, my God, we pray, my God, and we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for watching Taboo Table with uh, Blondie. And my, uh, do you have other, other questions? No, that's it. God bless you guys.